Hello again, everyone, and welcome to your USCCA member-only content. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine, and I'm here with noted criminal defense attorney and former state prosecutor Tom Grieve. And today, the topic is Miranda rights. When do the police have to read you your Miranda rights? What we've done with our member-only content now is to break this down into five-minute segments, and we're going through every step of a defensive gun use, what happens before, during, and after this shooting. So, Tom, we're to the point now where we're talking about Miranda rights. And you've got five minutes to tell us when police officers have to read you your Miranda rights. You're on the clock. Sounds good. So, in the other videos, and hopefully people have been watching them, we've really been talking kind of positively about, well, here's what you need to know, right? We've, we've been defining the information by here's what you need. And I feel like this issue, perhaps uniquely among all issues that I encounter with clients and the public whenever I'm talking about the criminal justice system, there is so much misinformation, thanks to Hollywood, mm -hmm. thanks to the mainstream media and so forth, um, TV shows, about what this is. So I actually have found over the course of my career that it's easiest to define this negatively. So rather than me getting bogged down, let's do it. What do we always see? Oh, well, you know, the guy walked at trial because it turned out that, you know, the officer never read him his Miranda rights. Didn't have the card, didn't read the words. Didn't have the cards, <laughs> didn't check the box, didn't have the signed whatever, right? Uh, not the way this works. Not the way this works one bit, okay? Um, it's not that you're found not guilty or something like that if there is a violation of, of your Miranda rights. And just very quickly, folks, the way that this works is that, um, and again, check your local listings. This will vary from, from jurisdiction, from, pardon, this will vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. But very quickly is you, you do what's called, often called a Miranda Goodchild hearing, which is to determine basically two things. Number one, if you're, for purposes of Miranda warning, in custody, okay, mm -hmm. if you're in law enforcement custody, and then if the answer is yes, then number two, uh, were you properly advised uh, of your Miranda rights? Okay, so it's kind of a two-prong issue. And that's really one of the big things people get hung up on because they say, well, you know, uh, they never read me my rights. Mm -hmm. And a very, very, very high portion of the time, they don't need to, at least not until the point where they're really far downstream in the process you know, they're, at, they're trying to ask you questions after you've already been legally arrested. They have probable cause. They've arrested you. You're in the back of the squad car. And this is not – I don't want to get lost in the details because we could do hours on this and still not, not scratch the surface. Um, my big takeaways that I want people to have uh, are, are this. Flush everything you think you know about the topic because it's probably wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then understand the fact that there's a very, very, very specific set of criteria that has to be achieved before law enforcement actually does have to read you your Miranda rights. And it's not obvious. You could be handcuffed in the back of the squad car, but you may be out of custody for Miranda good child purposes. In other words, for the purposes of whether or not they have to read your rights. And there's any number of reasons why that could be. It could be because of officer safety. It could be for, I mean, Again, it's really easy to get lost in the weeds, as you know, as a sheriff's deputy. Um, so that's why I don't want to focus on that. Mm -hmm. Unless you have a sophisticated working knowledge of how Miranda works in the legal justice system, you're probably not going to be able to accurately reflect this. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to accurately process this as well, as far as when in the process does this need to happen. And even if you do know, here's the rule, right? Which we basically just kind of outlined, right? Yeah. You, you have to be in custody 
for Miranda purposes, which you could be in the back of a squad car handcuffed and you may still be out of custody for Miranda purposes, yep. but understand as well that there's also a laundry list of exceptions and loopholes. So there could be cases, again, just to kind of touch on one, you could be at the sheriff's department in an interrogation room and the door is cracked open, right? And theoretically, well, yeah, you, you could have gotten up and walked right out the front door. Yep. That may not be what you thought happened, but that might be the status of the law in your jurisdiction. And that may come into play when we're talking about things like this. Did you believe that you were in custody? Um, it's been always made clear to me that I don't have to Mirandize anyone until I start asking what are called guilt-seeking questions. And at that point, then, yes, we better make sure that they know they have that right to remain silent and they have the right to counsel, right to have an attorney with them there. Um, it's, it's, again, like you said, I'm typically waiting for the investigator to come on in and, and when we're in, in that position, then I'm making sure that I got all the I's dotted and T's crossed. I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Here's what I normally see. Let's boil this down. Here's what I normally see. Somebody talks because we all want to talk. Somebody says something that maybe they didn't know would come back to hurt them. And now they say, well, none of this matters because it wasn't Mirandized right. Mm -hmm. Probably not the case. And yeah. when I say probably, I mean probably 99% of the time not the case. And keep in mind as well that if you just spontaneously engage in, in a conversation with law enforcement, that may be what's called a spontaneous utterance. Mm -hmm. There could be all sorts of exceptions, potentially, potentially around Miranda as well. So very complicated subject. Don't bank on the fact that you've got it right. Yeah, absolutely. Our five minutes is up. I think we've covered that one pretty well. I just want people to understand that they don't have to talk to police officers if they don't want to in most cases. And you can politely say, nope, I don't have anything to say. And then if that officer takes you into custody, then you know what? Get your attorney, get a guy like you sitting by their side and understand exactly what's going on. I hear way too often out on the street, I know my rights. Well, most people really don't. You don't. And, and it's very, very complicated. So right. thank you very much for being here and helping us out with that, Tom. Remember, folks, this is not legal advice. This is at the very top of the funnel. We're giving you just the basic information so that you can get started on your self-defense journey. Becoming a responsibly armed citizen takes more than just watching a five-minute video like this. So a topic like Miranda rights is something you really want to look into, and you probably want to speak with your criminal defense attorney. You do have an attorney. You carry a gun. You should probably have an attorney. So make sure that you understand what you're doing, you know the laws of your jurisdiction, and you understand and you study this stuff. Have a plan before something unfolds in front of you. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. I want to thank Tom Grieve again for being here with us and helping out. This has been your member-only content, a special service provided for our USCCA members.